After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Well, hello there, people who use the internet. Welcome to another episode of After These Messages, the podcast where we dissect the TV commercials that you love, the TV commercials that you hate, and the TV commercials where people say weird shit like this. For over 100 years, we've been scrunching and folding toilet paper. Finally, there's a better way. I'm Andrew Walsh. I'm one of the hosts of this here podcast, and along with me, as always, Genevieve Aaron has the real host of After These Messages. Hey, Aaron. Hey, uh, thanks for using my whole name because it makes it much easier to stalk me. Why don't you just uh, announce my social security number? That is true. And now suddenly I'm calling you by your middle name, which would be very confusing because, spoiler alert, we will be having another Aaron join us in a little bit. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Today on the show, here's what we're talking about. Things getting gross in TV commercials. We're going to look at some of the most disgusting ads that are somehow allowed to be on our television sets, including one where, I mean, there's a cartoon lady who's carrying around a suitcase of... I don't think I can be right about what's going on in that ad. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Also, we have a special guest, as I mentioned. He is obsessed with infomercials. He's going to tell us why he loves them so much. And, of course, as always, we'll check in with you guys, our ad council. First, though, let's get this guest on the line. You know him as the co-host of the Grapes of Rad podcast, the co-host of the Leap Home, a Look Bacula podcast, and you know him as the guy who insists upon sitting in the same side of the booth with you, even when you're the only two people at the table. His name is Aaron Mason. Hello, Aaron. Look, I like bumping elbows, okay? Leave me alone. I'll sit where I want. Thank you. Mason, I, I, I think it's time to... Um, Talk about your new nickname. I mean, when I say new nickname, I'm talking about the nickname that we just came up with, like, moments before we started rolling here. Uh, while um, I've made it this long without this nickname ever coming up in my life, and I'm beginning to believe that there's a reason why, but I will let your audience be the judge. The Ace of Mace. It's great. It does, Everybody. Does Everybody. Start calling him that. What's that? <laughs> Slow down. Slow down. Yes, we are anointing you the Ace of Mace. God damn it. Formerly known as Aaron Mason. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be your first guest. I've listened to the chemistry between you two in real life, and I know how dreadful it is. So I'm I'm uh, <laughs> very happy to be here to add some, some pizzazz. Uh, I have two questions for you. <laughs> One. All right, I'll answer. I'll answer one of them. Okay. Uh, how about? Do you know where that opening drop you played is from? Do you know what product that is hawking? Because I do. The the toilet paper one. Yes. I, Genevieve found. That. I found it, so I know what it is. I don't know if Andrew has seen the whole ad. Called, I did. I watched it. It's called the Comfort Wipe, and it's basically a. Uh, it's like an extension arm that you put toilet paper on the end of and like a back scratcher for your butthole, uh, wipe yourself. Except that that's disgusting because that thing's going to get real dirty and now you have to clean up a dirty <laughs> poo-covered stick. Can I tell you, so I was I was looking for some tape actually to play uh, at the start of the show and I found this sort of like uh, compilation supercut of the worst infomercials, and that was obviously on them. And the the saddest, most heartbreaking moment is was 
uh, shortly after that clip when she says, finally, there's a better way. And they show this, like, just yep. grotesquely obese, <laughs> poor, oh, sad bastard just saying, like, essentially, like, it's been really hard to wipe my own ass, but finally, oh. this thing reaches everywhere. And I just thought, like, dude, was it this or kill yourself? <laughs> like, you chose wrong. You know what he says? He says... Being a big guy has its advantages <laughs> and its disadvantages. <laughs> That's why I need the poo stick. Yeah, it's the it has its advantages, and I thought, what are they? Yeah. Well, listen, Genevieve, not everyone gets their own seatbelt extension for their <laughs> airplane seats, but if you pass muster, can I mention uh, while we're just talking about that supercut that you found, Vives? It was the ad that was on directly after that for something called. And listen to my words and letters very carefully here. <laughs> the Tiddy Bear. Oh, boy. And they even say in the ad, that's T-I-D-D-Y. And what it is, it's, it's only women in the commercial complaining about how their um, seatbelt, you know, the, the, the seatbelt that goes across your chest, oh my God. is yes. uncomfortable to them when they're wearing tank tops and stuff. So they have this little fluffy bear that you can snap onto the seatbelt so that you don't get irritated by the belt. And it's called the Titty Bear. I'm sorry, Andrew, can you spell that, that for me? Uh, that's a T-I-D-D-Y Whoa, bear. see, because I thought you said something very different. Why would you name it that when you have to spell it out every time? It's Titty Bear. It's Titty Bear. That's T-I-D-D-Y, Titty Bear. But they don't want you to spell it out every time. They have to do it on the ad, but obviously it's to protect women's breast area. Right? They're doing that on purpose. I guess so, but do they have they ever used a seatbelt? That's not where it irritates you. I don't know. I'm clear. I mean, I'm actually, out of my league on this I actually am not, I'm not that mad at the product, although I wouldn't want a bear-shaped one. Yeah, why But, like, yeah, you know, sometimes it does, like, abrade your collarbone, but not your T-I-D-D-Y. Well, I think the idea behind the cuddly nature of the bear is that if you're going to have some <laughs> sort of strap blockage device living face down in your cleavage, it might as well be an adorable <laughs> little teddy. That's T-E-D-D-Y. <laughs> you said you had two questions for us. I already forgot the first one. Do you know about the Euro Club? Is the Euro Club the golf club that has a reservoir in it that you can pee into? Because that was also on that compilation. Genevieve, why, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Andrew, are you a golfer? I am I am not a golfer, but I am a peer. Okay, well then 50% of this product is straight up your alley. <laughs> now picture a golf club in your mind. Thin metal handle, club at the end, mm -hmm. right? Very identifiable. Mm -hmm. Got what it. What this is... For a second there, I was picturing a shovel, but now I got it. Yeah. <laughs> take take this, uh, this well-known uh, look of this long, straight, thin metal tube and replace it with a black plastic tube about an inch and a half to two inches in diameter it looks like you could maybe put a tennis ball down it and it comes with this little lap flap that you wear like some sort of a barista apron and you pee down the shaft of this golf club and my question among many is what do you do with it after it's full of piss do you still play with it? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, is this an extra club that you, you carry around in your quiver? What do you call a golf bag? <laughs> well, golf bag works. I think yeah, quivers. no, I think it's quiver. You, uh, you nailed it. So is this an extra club? Not a sports guy, you carry are you, Andrew? <laughs> in the words of the Big Lebowski, I see you're not a golfer. That's right. I don't think that you're supposed to be able to ever, I don't think it has any sort of golfing capacity. I think it just uh, goes into the bag and then you discreetly empty it out. How do you discreetly okay, so you can't empty then use a it. golf club? You know, 
back at home. You're supposed to take it home with you. I've seen a part of that commercial, I think, before, because also the guy goes over to the bushes, right? And then he's like peeing into the club, but from behind, it just it kind of looks like he's just, if if not peeing, certainly yeah, pleasuring that's the himself, other thing. like in the corner of the at golf best, course. It looks like you're <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> at best. All right, Mason, um, we're going to talk about infomercials a little bit. But first, our main segment today, ugh, that's gross. Serious side effects include a tear in your stomach or intestine, diarrhea, nausea, gas, vomiting, and headache. All right, Veeves, there is one commercial very specifically that we cannot stop talking about in our household and is for a product called Movantic. Yes, for anyone who doesn't know um, what effect opioids have uh, on your... Uh, digestive system. I guess you didn't see trains flying. <laughs> um, but there is an ad for um, for a drug called Movantic, which is it, it seems like a drug that is meant to sort of counteract this effect of maybe other drugs. And like all drug ads, it's they they have a lot of uh, sort of regulatory requirements. I think they have to to tell you about. So it, the ads kind of go on for a while with a lot of uh, small print side effects, yada yada. But what really stands out about it is it's sort of um, tranquil-looking cartoon with this somewhat dumpy woman is walking around um, with her friend, her her opioid that she takes. Um, for and pain relief. For pain relief, thank you. And, and what this opioid, uh, the baggage that it brings, in which they depict as literal baggage, is a suitcase that is bulging with... I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Watch it. Maybe it's Marcellus Wallace's soul. <laughs> Hold on. Let's just listen to the very beginning of the ad. This helps me to manage my chronic pain, but it came with some baggage. You're- and she, when she says this, she is uh, gesturing towards a uh, a personified opioid, an anthropomorphized o- opioid who's reading a book for some reason, sitting on the couch next to her. Jeffy, I'd like to point out this woman is also like. It's a cartoon, but she is specifically dumpy. Why do you think they made her specifically dumpy looking? I guess. Well, look, guys, she's having an off day. I mean, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to constipate Shane here, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know, like, if you can draw any person. And hey, I know that there are unrealistic, you know, expectations of beauty for cartoon women, and I'm not trying to add to that. But it is interesting that they could have made this woman look like yeah. anything they wanted, but they specifically I, made her kind of dumpy. Here's what I think. Picture Jessica Rabbit carrying around a suitcase of her own poo. And you, you tell me if you want to buy that product. <laughs> and that's it. So, yeah, so now she's sitting on the couch with a literally a bulging briefcase or suitcase. It is bulging. And it says constant, it, it, almost as if it, it said, like, you know, Paris on it or all the places that she used to go. Instead, it just says <laughs> constipation. You're not the only one. Opioids block pain signals by attaching to something called mu receptors here. But they also attach to mu receptors in the bowel, and that can cause opioid-induced constipation, or OIC. I could struggle with OIC the whole time I take my opioid? Maybe not. There's Movantic. Movantic can help reduce OIC by blocking opioids from binding to mu receptors in the bowel. Do not take Movantic. And if then you have we a bowel get into the list of of uh, side effects, of side effects for this drug. But then, as they're listing all this sciencey stuff, she's walking around like you say, just like carrying this bag of poo. I guess. 
Yep, on a romantic walk with her opioid and her bag of poo. It is oddly romantic. Yeah, they look like yeah. I don't think we have you seen. I don't this think we covered the fact. Yes, that the this opioid pill is like six feet tall. This is not an adorable yes, little like scamping right. maybe like milk carton from a blur video. This is a six foot like Harvey <laughs> style. I am scared for my life. This giant pill. That's exactly exactly the right description. <laughs> Now, I was doing some reading, and it turns out that the director of Donnie Darko did make this, so that doesn't make all sense. Makes sense. To For the first time in that guy's career, he has made sense to me. <laughs> they go to the park. It looks like they had caricatures drawn of them yeah, by a park a hell of a day. Having, like, It really makes me want... My takeaway is, let's hang out with opioids more. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Scary, gigantic opioids, just as long as you're carrying your briefcase full of poo. <laughs> yeah. We have a couple of ads uh, that kind of get into some gross territory. And I, I will start by saying, look, if you make a product that addresses some kind of inherently gross bodily function, I get it that it's a challenge to talk about it in a way that makes any sense, that tells a story, that explains the value prop for your product. It's a little marketing jargon for Yeah, you. I like yeah. that. Um, so... Like, I'm sympathetic to the the ad wizards who are trying to solve this problem. But at the same time, man, that's like a rough... That's a rough commercial to be watching when you're trying to eat dinner in front of the television. And they do try to, like, kind of science it up a little bit with that doctor explaining, like, all of the stuff that's going on in your gutty works with diagrams of large intestines, small intestines, medium... Like, all kinds of intestines. But at a certain point, it's kind of like, why don't you... I mean... I don't understand why you're going to try and, you know, make the script all sciency, but then in the commercial, have her carrying around a bag of shit. Like, if you're just going to be that literal about it, or I guess it's not literal, but if you're you going to be that kind of graphic about it. You're right. I was I was just wondering, like, why do we even do this? Why can't we just have a medical professional, because this is a drug commercial, which I have problems with anyway, but this one isn't so bad. Why Get up and just explain, hey, here's the situation. If this is the problem, take this thing, done and done. But... I don't think the general American public can handle or can process somebody just saying things to them and them understanding it. So you have to pair that information up with pretty little pictures and cartoons so we can digest it. And that's fair. I mean, so to speak. So to speak. Nice. That's why they call you the ace of mace. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, uh, I agree. And, you know, I... Obviously, I just ordered business cards. I gotta change them all now. <laughs> uh. Letterhead. It's all. It all has to be redone. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't remember this ad though if it was just a doctor in a white coat, 1950s style, just right. saying a bunch of stuff to me. I mean, I guess that's the thing, right? Like they have created imagery, and I'll tell you what: we make fun of this commercial. If, God forbid, something happens to me where I need to start taking opioids for pain, like, and then suddenly I'm backed up, like, I will probably remember this product and talk Mm -hmm. to my doctor about it. Talk to your doctor about Movantic. I want to, speaking of the sciencey thing, this may be a good transition into a general conversation I wanted to have with you guys about what should the rules be for advertising toilet paper? Mm. I think there, I think we need to lay down some rules. I think some, there are some that are pretty much like, hey, 
you know, in not so many words, this is comfortable, it's inexpensive, maybe even show, like, the diagram of the three plies coming together to make three-ply uh-huh. toilet paper. Like, that's all fine. But as soon as we start getting into, like, the actual, like, let's say, action of that product, I start to get really uncomfortable. Well, I would say the toilet paper industry is faced with the same challenge that the uh, feminine hygiene product industry is faced with, mm-hmm. which is... For years, it was it was all sort of um, alluded to, uh, very euphemistic, uh, you know, ex- sort of divorced or at least arm's length from the actual usage that um, toilet paper is put to. And by the same token, uh, you know, the blue liquid for tampons and, and pads. You remember the ads when we were kids? I, I remember this very clearly. Like a lot of toilet paper ads revolved around uses for toilet paper that were in no universe ever going to happen it would be like a kid is uh going to play football and so he pads out his his you know his his football uniform with with toilet paper and all these like ways of showing like it's soft without saying like it goes on your ass that i forgot about those but you're right those are good i like the wasn't a bad kid getting spanked or something so he would run into the bathroom and put tons of um which uh, i can't remember what brand it was but those were iconic yeah so i think it's the yeah, i don't remember that one but exactly that kind of thing like how do we show the value of this product without showing the value of this product and i actually think that it was um maybe it was when they came up maybe it was when like batman started getting really gritty and real they're like you know if batman can be real <laughs> they were kind of like the dark they saw but, the dark night yeah. and then they were just kind of like you know what let's start talking let's about just take this toilet paper more. ad yeah. to the streets <laughs> yeah um mason, I, mason what do you think do you think like what what's better to be honest about what we use uh, toilet paper for, or would it be better to have a little bit of a veil drawn over that? I think it, I think that's a really fine line. Uh, I kind of like both, but I think it really depends on the uh, product itself. Like toilet paper, you can pretty much set like everybody knows what it's for. Anybody who you're advertising to understands everything about it that they need to know. So there are a few things. When you're looking for toilet paper that you want to know, is it softer? Will it last longer? How many plies? Like there are a few facts that people use to buy toilet paper. It's not necessarily something that I believe should appeal to your emotions so much, which is pretty much like uh, you're the expert, Genevieve, but pretty much like all advertising is just trying to get you to feel something and associate it with a product and go consume that product. But uh, I, I don't like when things like toilet paper do that. I don't like when it's the the after school special and you're just I just want to know what your toilet. Pa- I want to know how thick it is and how long it will last. That's all I yeah. want to know. If you're going to make me cry, save that shit for Subaru. That's what I'm talking <laughs> Right. Well, let, yeah, let me ask you guys both this. Because this is, it just occurred to me that I actually do a little calculation in my head when I'm choosing toilet paper. In By the way, I should just, for full disclosure, say that I do use toilet paper. When I'm buying toilet oh. paper in the grocery store, I guess I am making a decision there. I don't just grab the one that is closest to me. What do you? What are you guys looking for? And My, also, like, how does the packaging play in? Do you go with the clouds, the babies, the bears? The, when I lived with roommates right out of college, we had a rule which was because, um, you know, we'd sort of buy things like that for the house. Uh, everyone would take a turn and, and, and get it. Um, the rule in our house was uh, buy it by the cutest baby. Cutest baby. Yeah. Yeah. Price per square yard. That's how you buy toilet paper. You look really? at the price. Really? You just go straight up and then, and then And then you add some uh, qualitative analysis to it. Then you go, is this acceptable or is this like party confetti or whatever those streamers are that will 
rub my bunghole raw? And if the answer is no, then you can go for it. I, Cause, I don't Because let me remind no. you, it's paper you wipe your ass with. Right. I mean, we all know how it works, Mason. You take the paper, you put it on the end of a stick, you use that stick That's to right. wipe your ass. Like the caveman. We, we're all adults here. Do you exactly. know that in the oldie days, like in the you know 1700s, true fact, well, based on my dumb historical romance novels that I read, <laughs> uh, but nevertheless, I think it's true, uh, they use corn cobs. No, so, wait, what? Kidding. Like, like corn just, cobs that they, have already been eaten? Yeah, like old Ugh. corn cobs would like they just stack them up in the outhouse or whatever, and that was because paper was like a huge luxury. Sure. You couldn't like you wouldn't wipe your ass with paper. I've never thought so about. Think that. about that the next time. Yeah, huh. um, there is one ad. I believe it is for Cottonelle. That is the the bears. Right, that's pretty iconic now. The commercials are the cartoon bears going around having various issues with toilet paper or various fun times with toilet paper. But there is this one that actually. Uh, let me see if I can call this up quickly. I may not be able to. But the bears are having issues because the um, the toilet paper is kind of breaking up on them and leaving a bunch of little uh bunch of little dingleberries pieces of uh, well like yeah i get yeah i guess it's dingleberries that's b e a r i e s Sorry, son, but you still have them. This is a bear, uh, a cartoon bear out in the woods, clearly just got done doing its business, and it's got a little, it's got a bunch of little pieces of paper still stuck to its ass. You can't pass inspection with pieces left behind. That's why they're Charmin Ultra Strong. It's enhanced diamond weave texture. So yeah, I think you're right, Mason. This is basically, this is a, the war on dingleberries that you've been hearing about. But here's what I think is actually interesting about this. So this is for Charmin Ultra, but apparently Cottonelle uh, tried to not sue them, but by using the National Advertising Division of the Council of Better Business Bureaus, these are the same people who kind of filed that complaint against the um, Rob Lowe ads that we were talking about on a previous mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. podcast. Um so Cottonelle ends up trying to strike these commercials down because they feel like they cannot prove that the cartoon bear's experience would is realistic, basically. Let me, let me just read to you from the CBS News article. Procter & Gamble's Charmin toilet paper ads have been found misleading by an ad watchdog, and P&G has agreed to stop exaggerating how little toilet paper is left behind when an animated bear uses it in the woods. Whoa. Yes. They challenged P&G to prove that the cartoon bear's experience with Charmin was realistic. Obviously, when you've got cartoon bears doing you-know-what in the woods, realism is the key concern. That snark brought to you again by CBS News. Now, I hate to bring philosophy into this, but... Does a bear, you know what, in the woods? Yeah, yeah I well, don't know. I really was thinking as I was watching this, like, oh, I see how this ad campaign came to exist in the first place. Someone was sitting in a brainstorm room with the, with the um, Charmin ad, you know, RFP and sitting in front of them and going like, think, think, what is it? Like, shitting, pooping. <laughs> Does a bear shit in the woods? Does a bear shit right, right. in the woods? <laughs> Eureka! They have a whole other one about a pope. Doing, yeah, right. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, we should probably get off of um, the, the toilet paper do, wars here I, I, for a second. I do want to say that I think it's wonderful that actual litigation was handed down based on right. the quantity of animated dingleberry. Right. Exactly. That does not seem realistic. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think we The I bears we walking the... around and talking to each other, however, totally plausible. Yeah, no, that's fine. Last toilet paper ad that I want to bring up, unless you guys have more you want to bring up. I could talk about this all day. But um, this is a new campaign. This is a Cottonelle campaign called Go. 
Commando. You guys know about this, Mason? No. Oh my God. Maybe, just, maybe this is self-explanatory. There's a woman um, standing outside of a public restroom. It looks like kind of in a park area. Okay. And uh, she's holding some Cottonelle. Cottonelle Clean Ripple Texture gets you cleaner. But will it make people confident enough to go commando? How was your wiping experience? Okay. Why do you think ripples are so great? Probably ripples would just clean better. Yeah, why? It just would pick up more layers. Do you feel confident enough to go commando? Go commando. Um, yeah, sure. Okay, so let me break this down for you. So this guy, again, not the most attractive fella in the world, not not the most, uh, you know, he doesn't have the best bod, I'll <laughs> say it. Um, they have a little tent set up where, according, I mean, I, we don't see what goes on in this tent. I think the tent's just where he takes off his underpants. I don't think that's the... I don't think it's a pooping tent. I think it's a pooping tent because how are you how are you testing the Continelle in order to go commando? I think what is implied here is he goes into the tent, he does his business like a bear in the woods, he uses the Continelle. Now the question is, are you confident enough to go commando? I'm going to have to disagree with your police work there uh, because they're at a public restroom. He just came out of it. I think they've Folger crystals switched the. The oh, toilet paper. You're so smart. Yeah, I'm just thinking so about smart, the permits right. involved with pooping tents. There are a lot of hoops to jump through, some uh, health boards. You know, you don't just set them yeah. up willy nilly. It's probably easier. No, I, I mean you've been. I mean you've been to Burning <laughs> Man. I mean I'm, I'm sure they have pooping tents there. Yeah, right? You know, the world is your pooping tent. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> All right, I have um, we have so many commercials we want to talk about that I consider gross, but um, I really want to get to what I think is the worst of the worst. But I don't want to feel like I, I, I'm stealing too much of the mic. No way, Veeves, you have a you have a Clorox one that is like really in your crosshairs, right? This one, yeah, has been bothering me for a long time. Clorox has a campaign called "Life's Bleachable Moments," um, and generally the premise is a kid does something that involves getting, you know, urine or some sort of gross substance on the floor or something. And then the, this is the, one of the ones where the, the kid does something that in real life would earn him or her a big spanking uh, in my house. And the mom's like, Tyler, oh, let's get the Clorox out. Life's bleachable moments. So I, I don't know that we really have to play these. I think uh, you know, the, the the one that really stands out to me is the kid. And I mean, like, the kids are kind of cute. But the kid, like, comes running down the hall carrying his little, like, learn-to-pee oh. potty. And it's sloshing everywhere. everywhere. He's like, Mommy, Mommy, I learned how to pee, you know, or I learned how to use the potty. And, um, you know, and then she's like, life's bleachable yeah. moment. I'd be like, Aslan, stop turning the house into an <laughs> IO hazard. <laughs> <laughs> So I just think, like, again, it's it's the same it's the same challenge that the Movantics, that the Cottonelles, that the uh, Maxi Pad commercials of the world are all struggling with. And, yeah, and Mason, you're totally right. How do you emotionally involve somebody um, in a product that is for a fundamentally gross thing? And I would say that there are that Clorox actually has some more latitude. There are lots of other things you can use bleach for. Where you know blood, blood. I mean, that's the most <laughs> right. obvious one. Like, where's the murder scene? <laughs> yeah. You know, life's bleachable moments. Oh yeah, Fargo. Yeah, Fargo would be a great. On, yeah, they need to get on that cross marketing too. I think that would probably have broader appeal than like. Is it? Is it really? Is I don't it disagree. Really that like common. I feel like this ad was created by a committee of like only mothers. 
because and they were like, "Oh, don't you hate when that happens? When your disgusting kid gets disgusting and disgusting's up the whole house?" <laughs> Adorable. Yeah, that's great. And but then everyone like, else is like, "No, I'm Yeah, let's call I would let's run call it a day. out of your house and never come back if your kid like smeared feces everywhere when I came over." <laughs> You are, you know, it's worth noting, though, that here we are, three adults, but none of us have kids. And there is a reality, I think, of parents who just get so used to a level of snot, pee, poop, what have you, in their lives, on the reg, that the three of us are just not used to so insulated from so uh, yeah. that that commercial with the kid running with his piss pot like that might be super effective actually totally. to the target audience yeah no i i think yeah we, we may be the not not the target demographic for for that campaign um but it does gross me out all right i want to move on to what i think is the absolute worst commercial out there on the market today the scene is an attractive redhead in a cute party dress, sitting on a toilet, this time in a stall, but then as the commercial goes on, that toilet transports her to various scenes. You would not believe the mother load I just dropped. And that's how I like to keep it, leaving not a trace that I was ever here, let alone that I just birthed a creamy behemoth from my cavernous bowels. Nothing is worse than stinking up the shared toilet at work, or the toilet at a party, or your lover's apartment. Of course, flushing removes the graphic evidence. Maybe two or three flushes if your skid marks are as tenacious as mine. But what can be done of that subtle scent of a... 300-cow dairy farm... Aerosol air fresheners aren't the most effective option, or the healthiest. So, how do you make the world believe your poop doesn't stink? Or in fact, that you never poop at all? Poopery. Poopery is the before-you-go toilet spray that is proven to travel... There it is. Poopery. By the way, that's this is we are about halfway through a two-and-a-half-minute online commercial yeah she's she's dropping some science not all she's dropping yeah now in the commercial no and uh, clearly she's embracing this so i didn't realize that this is how poopery works you spray it into the toilet before you go and then she says our 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 our, uh charming redheaded woman here says that the stench then gets trapped in the toilet and it all flushes away but she's holding up these cards with diagrams that have animated turds oh dropping yeah, into like it. Yeah, like Mr. Hanky style turds. It is. The, I take it uh, from your reaction, Mason, that you haven't actually seen the visuals on this No, yet? I haven't. I, I hadn't actually heard this. Uh, yeah, it, no. I know of Poo-Pourri, though, but I haven't seen any of their advertising. Have you used it? No, uh-uh, I haven't. This is just a mixture of every, like, they're clearly playing up this, like, oh, look, she's, like, this attractive, like, kind of... I, I, she's what just is, British. What is, is it British, or is it just sort of, sort of that, no, like... No, it's British. Yeah, British accent. Also, wasn't that lady in the um, Continental that's British, too? Yes, and, uh, you know, what it, heart, what it really reminds me of is that Orbitz mm-hmm. commercial, that Orbitz, you know, the... the that- clean your dirty mouth oh, uh, yeah. Orbitz uh, campaign that they did. I do think there's a, there's a whole sort of... Uh, strain of advertising in America where when there's something that they want to talk about that they need to uh, slightly fancy up or or uh, separate themselves slightly from a, a gross thing, they will find a British person to sell it to us. Yeah. Mason, do you have an ad that stands out to you as being like the grossest that we haven't gotten uh, to? That, <clears throat> that Doritos finger cleaner oh, God. ad I thought was awesome. 
Like I, I you Dorito, liked it. I did Doritos. That's gonna does... make you eat Doritos because it made me want to vomit. Oh, Can nothing... we explain it? Can you explain Listen, it, Mason? First of all, nothing's gonna make me eat Doritos. So I, <laughs> I, I should full disclosure there. Uh, it's it's basically it's a gentleman. A, uh, a And I use the term loosely. He's a slacker hipster at some sort of an office, and he's sitting there eating Doritos, and his co-worker's like, hey, man, you got to like uh, make sure you clean off your fingers. There's this uh, finger cleaner hole right here. And he's like, oh, man. And he sticks his finger into the finger cleaner hole, and he pulls it back out, and his fingers are no longer th- – that one finger is no longer orange with Dorito dust. And, uh, and we see, after the little plug and, and picture of the product and sell – it cuts back to the tag at the end where there is a uh, corpulent gentleman uh, sitting at a desk. And sure enough, a Doritos dusted finger comes through the hole in his wall and he leans over and sucks on it like a porno mm. popsicle. And <laughs> that guy pulls his finger out and it's all clean. And I loved it. You, why did you love it? It's so nasty. Because it... Because Doritos are now, it felt like uh, uh, contextually appropriate to me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I agree. That one is absolutely nasty. And I want to just give a hat tip to a member of our ad council, listener James, who sent us an ad for it's Miralax. Is that how you pronounce it? Miralax. Miralax. I believe it's a love laxative. Your, love your laxative. Yeah. There's a great line in there where the voiceover person says, believe it or not, some people love their laxative. <laughs> and um, he says it just like that. And um, I think the thing that stood out to listener James was this, again, they're trying to use kind of these, they're trying to use a sort of scientific approach by showing a kind of diagram of your digestive system. But what they're showing is like a diagram of a purple turd trying to squeeze down a slightly lighter purple shoot and it's getting <laughs> caught in there until Miralax comes in and just like pushes that just eases that turd right through the shoot like again like I don't know like I I guess just put a man or lady in a white coat that's what I'm saying and and tell me what it will do like that's all I need you know what just do it adult swim bumper style like put some cool music and black and white text I don't even care yeah, yeah. it on the screen tell me something cool Tell yeah, me what I need to know. Again, though, like I'm with you as far as a viewer who doesn't buy these products, and I don't want, uh, you know, I don't want to have to watch these things. But on the other hand, if it is a competitive marketplace and you're one laxative brand and you're trying to get people to buy your product over another one, these people want to stand out in their field. There's actually competition. It's not just drawing people to the product, but their specific brand. So I don't know, man. If you just have a but, like everything that's gross is nothing but like white text and a black screen, like no, you know, that doesn't really probably serve your clients very well so your ideas suck guys i'm just saying i think it's easier to read from the toilet that's all i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) all right let's talk about infomercials it bakes it boils it fries it bros it breaks it froils and it bribles That's right. It does bridle. Aaron Mason, a.k.a. the Ace of Mace, you say that you absolutely love infomercials. I want you to know that you're talking to a man, that's me, who has probably never seen a full infomercial in his life. Like, I've seen little bits of it, and I have friends who love infomercials. I never got into it. What's your deal, and does it have something to do with drugs? When you to- Well, uh, not when it started, because I was but a boy. Uh, when we okay. when we talked about this, I can't believe you haven't seen a whole infomercial because they are they are everywhere. 
Infomercials made $170 billion in 2009, and they were expected to cross $250 billion this year when wow. when all of the like entire U.S. television industry is estimated at less than $100 billion. And when we say infomercials in 2015, is it still the kind of infomercial that I'm picturing from like the 90s or whatever? Like really long blocks of programming, really cheaply produced, somebody standing behind some sort of a fake kitchenette yeah. um, showing us, you know, some dumb Most product. definitely. It's, uh, yeah, it's called uh, DRTV is the, is the actual technical term for infomercials, direct response television. And uh, yeah, hmm. the, the ShamWow, OxyClean, uh, the Thighmaster, um, all of these things uh, still do, like I just said, very, very well. Uh, they make they make a ton of money. And as, as someone who uh, loves television and had insomnia for many mm-hmm. years, uh, I understand the appeal of infomercials, and I have purchased, you know, I mean, anything is probably embarrassing, but I've purchased things from infomercials that they just, they, there is some weird psychology to it that at one yes. in the morning... They get you. Like, I understand how that figure you gave us is so high. Because, what have you bought? I mean, <laughs> you haven't seen the back room. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm so embarrassed by some of the things that I some of the things I bought. Um, I think I did actually buy a ShamWow once because I thought like I thought somehow like, yeah, uh, this like towel this... that never this towel that never stays wet will be so important and valuable to me. I bought some sort of like horrible weight loss pills, like mm. just, you know. Oh, yeah. Have you, bought, have you bought from them before, Mason? Uh, I bought the ShamWow because I was like, this fella seems trustworthy. <laughs> that guy is a really interesting story, by the way. His name's Vince Offer. It's, it's insane. He directed a movie. He's directed two movies, and they are so, so, so bad. So bad. Like The, the Room bad? Uh, it's... It, in 1999, pre-ShamWow, he released, he directed and wrote and everything a movie called hmm. uh, The Underground Comedy Movie. And it's one of these things where it's a, it's like a, the Kentucky Fried movie. It's a series of sketches. And he got like really famous people to be in this. I don't know how, but it's, it's gross. It's dumb. It's base. It's horrible. It's like not funny in any way. All the stars are embarrassed about it. They want it like scrubbed from their IMDb. Really? Uh, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's a pretty interesting fella. Um, but no, my grandfather used to buy th- these types of things, like anything. And you always get two for one because, wait, there's more. <laughs> and uh, and he would give them to me, you know, and I would I would mess around with them. But like you, like you said, Genevieve, you're sitting there, you're watching. It's one a.m. It's sort of this entertaining thing. I think uh, for me, it's a conceit that you sort of buy that, like, yeah, this is preposterous, this is ridiculous. And my favorite infomercials are the ones that really take hold of that and don't take themselves seriously and really go at it full bore. Uh, Amazing discoveries back in like the the eighties and nineties. Uh, turned out to be this. They're, they're pretty much the guys that started this. Wait, what um, is Amazing Discoveries? That's a that's a infomercial company, or that's a product. It's a uh, it's a company. It's sort of the name of a show. It was Amazing Discoveries. What do we have this week? Oh, okay. And it'd be a different product. Same host, Mike. He uh, Mike Levy. He wore all the Cosby sweaters, and uh, and then he would have his British counterpart, uh, either Ian or John. Hello, Mike. I'm gonna <laughs> set this on fire. And he's like, John, don't do that. Uh, but it's aluminium. That's how I learned how to say aluminium <laughs> if you're British. And uh, yeah, and sold literally billions of dollars worth of stuff until like 1993. And they were they got into that little uh, misleading false advertised stuff, which is usually what happens to these big dogs. The uh, the FTC comes in. 
and is like, you can't say those crystals cure cancer, and then... And then they're they're in jail. But. And they're like, are you kidding me? There are cartoon bears with toilet paper all over their asses. They're getting away with that during prime time. Yeah, that's so, right. I'm surprised that in 2015, these things are as successful as they were in the 90s when we had such a more limited... Even then, we were like, who watches 60 different TV channels? Well, now yeah, we have right. 6,000. I just can't imagine, no matter what time it is at night, watching TV and being like, oh, this is the best thing on. Like, isn't there See? a Twilight Zone on? Maybe in your 600-channel cable package, you rich one percenter, but uh, most people who buy this shit, I can say shit, right? No. Uh, no. Most of the people that buy this crap uh, are not people with a lot of money that probably don't have a lot of cable mm. packages where their late-night options are limited. So. And nineteen ninety-nine for four rotatoes sounds like a great deal. <laughs> You sent one. You sent a link to us. I don't know which one it is. You sent me a bunch of links here, and I can. Oh, um, I think it was the Magic Bullet show. The I don't Magic know if you Bullet. Want... This is a perfect example, Andrew, of uh, what I was saying when infomercials just really buy in whole hog to the idea that what they're doing is is really silly, and they're just trying to convey some information. So if you, it's the whole thing takes place in a living room, there's the or in a kitchen, excuse me, of some I guess weird. Commune where there's this communal kitchen, and in wanders every sort of stereotype you can imagine the drunk, hungover guy, the old lady Hazel, uh, and they're coming in, and the British guy and his uh, cute female host are making smoothies for everyone. And they, the interplay between the characters, everybody has a dumb comment, everybody, it, it, it's really just a, a super entertaining. Uh, half hour of television. The, the very first character to come out to come into the set is the drunk, hungover guy. So I took it more as, and I this actually really spoke to me too because I don't like Genevieve knows this. Like if we're it's been so long now, but maybe more when we were in our 20s. You know, you you go over to somebody's house and you're partying all night and maybe you crash there uh, for the night or whatever. I always hated doing that and I always especially hated sticking around for breakfast the next mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. Especially if it was at their house. Oh, stick around. We're going to make, you know, eggs and stuff. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to be hungover. I don't want to look at you people anymore and I'm going <laughs> to feel especially bad about myself. And that's what this reminds me of because this is like this really great, well-lit kitchen and there's a bunch of healthy looking people there and then Andrew walks in (laughs) this guy in the dumpiest suit possible dude you have to see the rest totally totally bedraggled and he walks in and somebody's like good morning he's like what's good about it he's just like he's he's just the worst actually let me just see what the beginning of this sounds like it's so great how you feeling this morning (laughs) (laughs) look who's come in good morning Berman God, not so loud. What about a bit of the hair of the dog that bit you? Oh, he's just kidding, Berman. Go ahead, try it. It's a fruit smoothie. Morning. Mmm, that looks good. Can I have one of those? Yeah, me too. What kind do you have? What kind would you like? He's got strawberry and banana. Got any berries? Sure, I've got berries. I've got some raspberries. I've got some blueberries. Some snowberries. I've got some strawberries. <laughs> is he the sham wow guy, or do they all sound no, the no. same to me? No, the sham wow guy is very like uh, like. Steve Buscemi should play in his biopic. Sort of. He's almost sort of like got a Jersey vibe to him, if I recall correctly. Wait, was ShamWow also Slapchop? Slapchop and Shticky. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. What's Shticky? Shticky is like a a lint roller for cat hair, except instead of peel off uh, sections of paper, 
It's made of the same stuff that you would throw the octopi on the wall and they would slide down. Oh, like a, it's like yeah. a sticky silicon or, yeah. mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, but that's not going to last very long. Nope. <laughs> Maybe I need to watch the infomercial and uh, educate myself a little bit. So um, you sent us some notes that confused me a little bit, kind of breaking down the best and the worst. But it's I, I don't I honestly and I'm not saying this to be snarky in this context. I don't understand the difference. Um, I'm I'm playing heroes and villains here. In this okay. uh, infomercial universe, and I believe that there are uh, there are people working for the good side of the force, and uh, someone like I don't know, like a Billy Mays or a, or a Mike from Amazing Discoveries. Like everybody knows Billy Mays, right? Billy Mays yeah. here in the blue mm-hmm. shirt. And, yeah, uh, he he died not yeah. too long ago, right? He did. That's right. He he did. Uh, Mike from Amazing Discoveries uh, died of cancer too. But um, so you were breaking down heroes and villains. What makes them villains? Well. Of course, uh, I'm talking about uh, 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 Kevin Trudeau. Do you know about Kevin Trudeau? I was going to go Miss Cleo, but I'll hold off on Miss Cleo. I don't know either one. Kevin Trudeau is the guy who used to sell the uh, cures they don't want you to know about or like tax breaks they don't want you to know about. That was his tag. They don't want you to know about. And he is currently serving like 12 years in prison for for like fraud, for making false claims. Because he he, he literally said like uh, some anchovies and lemon will get rid of prostate cancer. And... The government was like, you cannot do that. Miss Cleo suffered a similar fate. Uh, Genevieve, do you know Miss Cleo? Oh, of course. Can you give me I your mean, best Miss Cleo? Really? She had like a Jamaican accent, right? Before I do this. Yeah, I, that's right. Like, I want to make sure I'm that's right because right. that would be embarrassing. Call Miss Cleo. Yeah. Get get your fortune told. Oh, wait. I might have seen yeah, it. Let's, let's just take a little listen to this. Let's see here. This person is that's around you right now has been in jail before. Yes, you're right. You're telling the honest truth. Right. She got a temper. Yes. Well, we're just grateful that now you aren't throwing things anymore. You got through that through your 20s, didn't you? Ah, you didn't see that. <laughs> you used to pick yes, up things that throw... was nearby and just lob it at the ex-husband. Oh, yes, I So did. she's kind of like advice, but through a, through a spiritual lens. That's right. She's a, uh, she's a psychic who you can call and she'll give you advice. And uh, one year, she made $400 million. Uh, not her individually, but the company that she worked for. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, because of all this money, the government got involved and found out that she was not, in fact, Jamaican, guys. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that she was not, in fact, a psychic. No. <laughs> no, she was a psychic, that obviously. That's the twist. Uh, she, is, uh, she was born in L.A. Yuri Del Harris is her name. And her parents are American, and she had gone by half a dozen aliases and, you know, various money-making schemes over the years and uh yeah she she skated out because she just worked for a company so she didn't have to like serve any time or do anything but she's not the best so your your villains in i think uh are people who are hawking just absolute fraudulent yes, claims to take advantage i mean you know, you can argue about the inherent value of a rotato, but it, I've seen it. It does, in fact, peel a potato. Tell it to the judge. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, let's check in with the Ed Council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Oh, we hear the words you're saying, guys. Uh, Veeves, this first note we got from listener Jill blew my mind. You are not kidding. 
I cannot overstate how excited <laughs> we both were about this. We were talking about flow. Do you like? Are you pro flow? By the way, Mason. Hashtag pro flow. Flow of the progressive ads. Um, I'm a big fan of hers, and we were talking about it a lot on our first episode. Well, Jill writes in Australia. We don't have flow. We have. Kitty from Progressive, same concept with more Australian type humor, and she spelled humor with a U and said, "Yes, we spell it with a U here." And she also spelled spelt with a T. That's right. Is that a thing they do in oh, Australia? Yeah. I think so. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the Queen's no. tense. See, that's just Jill messing with us. So, can you describe what Kitty looks like vis-a-vis Flo? I was hoping that you could. Oh, sure. <laughs> she's like you know, she's like um, you know what it reminds me of, Andrew. And this is sort of a. a Bit of an obscure reference, but what, remember that show, Dead Like Me? Oh yeah, with Mandy Patinkin. Wow. With Mandy Patinkin, and I know it was. It, it, it was I think it was pretty short lived, yeah. but um, the main character in that was was dead, and she kind of like roamed the earth doing some tasks. And whenever people would see her, they would see like sort of a a weird version of her. Like they like it looked kind like an actress that looked kind of like her, but didn't look like her. I forgot about that, but you're right. Yeah, this is like the Dead Like Me flow. She's wearing the white, you know, apron with the short sleeve polo. She's got the dark hair that's kind of in a bouffant with the headband. She's kind of the same coloring, same makeup, but it's not flow. I'm going to hit play here just so you can get a, a sense of her voice. I'm looking to get comprehensive car insurance. That's not her, by the way. That's a fella <laughs> who is talking to her. I'm looking to get comprehensive car insurance for both of my cars. Great. Customer interested in multi-car discount registered too. You're going to save a bunch by insuring both cars on the same policy. Over 15% on average. Multi-car discount registered too. So is somebody else coming to help? I just love using the mic. Announcing the multi-car discount. Now that's progressive. I watched another one too where same character Kitty talking to a similar guy. She doesn't have your name your price tool, by the way. That's notable, at least in the two that I watched. They're really flogging that multi-car discount. Yeah, they're in the multi-car discount. And the the joke at the end of that one was basically she tells him what the deals are. And he's like, oh, that's great. And then also the camera pans back. And it turns out dude's got a tail and it's wagging. And she says, eh, someone's happy. That's a horrible accent. I'm sorry. We'll beep that. <laughs> I think that's uh, you know that, that's your south of the equator weird humor at work. Uh, that really, really blew my mind. Thank you for sending that in, Jill. We got another note from Christy, who says she likes it when commercials use old news footage like this one. Oh, yeah. So this is the Brian Gumble Katie Couric ad for the BMW i3 uh, called Newfangled Idea. And it starts with uh, real footage of Gumble and Couric back in, I guess, the very early 90s. 94. Uh, 1994, talking about the at symbol that is now part of our lives in the Internet age. But the Internet was so new then. And this was not a joke. This, this is, is I mean, really this is them a... on TV trying to figure out the Internet, basically. Yeah, this footage of them had has been viral for years. Because it's it is the uh, absolutely ne plus ultra of you know uncertainty about what the internet is and kind of clueless morning talk show hosts cr- trying to talk about this thing and now with hindsight we see like how completely uh, clueless they really <laughs> were and and so it, it really has become kind of almost like a, a a byword or a touchstone for that that early nineties. Um, inability to appreciate the impact that the internet would have. 
Um, so I think that they, you know, by doing this BMW i3 ad, using that footage, and, and well, as we'll hear, kind of recreating it uh, in a jokey way, they're taking, you know, they're making fun of themselves or, you know, acknowledging that uh, that this has been kind of a, a jokey, funny meme. Back now, 56 pass. I wasn't prepared to translate that. That's that right. little mark with the A and then the ring around it. At? See, that's what I said. Um, Katie said she thought it was about. Yeah. But I've never heard or it. I've never heard it said. I'd only seen the mark. There it is. <laughs> At AM feedback. I mean, what, what is internet anyway? What do you write to it like mail? I got to say, this is a minute long version. I've never seen this version of it. I've only seen the 30 second one that's cut down. This is much more enjoyable to me, actually, because they're really letting this embarrassing early tape breathe. Allison, can you explain what internet is? <laughs> and it says 21 years later, See, they're driving around said. the BMW i3. There's nothing under the hood. Katie said she thought this was a car. Yeah. And it's built using wind? Like from a windmill? Or a fan? Or a turbine? Or a fan vine? Wow. I mean, what is I3 anyway? Allison, can you explain what I3 is? She gets on the phone, and she's calling her old producer, Allison. I actually don't even like this commercial. It's a little bit more fun seeing the the longer version here, because I do like the archive tape. But I don't know. It's just a little clunky when we come back to the modern age, and you have the older Brian Gumbel and Katie Couric kind of acting. And they're not good actors. They're not good actors. (laughs) But I, I... Appreciate anybody kind of poking fun at themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a clever idea, executed uh, in a somewhat mediocre way. That car is ugly as sin. So yes, nothing could make me buy that car. But yeah, I, that's the problem. I think that's, <laughs> that's one that's of the I, problems. That's yeah. the problem I had with it. It does like look that. like it looks like some sort of RoboCop car of the future, which I guess they kind of, they want to really emphasize the futuristicness of this car, huh? Yeah, but not in like a sleek, uh, sexy way, like. In the way that I mean, you say RoboCop, and it does have a Verhoeven feel to it yeah, of like yeah. the way the cars in those his movies always kind of looked uh, like big plastic toys. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have a Verhoeven look to you too, Mason. I just want to let you know. That. <laughs> is it my is it my face that uh, comes apart in segments, and I'm a fat lady underneath? <laughs> Actually, it's your third boob. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of here. You can sell anything. You can Mr. Aaron Mason, the ace of mace. I cannot thank you enough for joining us. This has been so much Dude, fun. I, I never so want to do this show without you again, and you think I'm being sarcastic, Aww. and I'm not. Aww. Well, you let me know. This whole uh, internet hookup fanciful thing you have going on is tremendous. Oh, yeah. You're talking about the IPDTL. We're taking people yeah. behind the scenes here. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mason, this was so much fun. Um, yeah, thank seriously. You. Open invitation uh, to come back on. And thank you for doing this. Thank you so much. Uh, I've said before on my shows that uh, Genevieve, well, I haven't said this about Andrew, no offense, buddy, but your, your plate was full. Uh, but Genevieve, you would have been on both of my shows. I would have asked you on both of my podcasts, like a regular like, co-host if you were around. Wait, it's a shame. hold on. Slow down, slow down, slow down, slow mm-hmm. down. You, you have podcasts? Andrew, I have two, and my Quato is working on one, too. Let the people know. Tell it from the mountain, man. 
Well, mine is called The Grapes of Rad. I've been doing that for almost nine years, which is Whoa! embarrassing. That's not embarrassing. That's awesome. This month, this month is, is uh, nine years. And then uh, The Leap Home, colon, A Look Bacula. That's where uh, <laughs> Nick and I watch an episode of Quantum Leap, and then we talk about it. And, it's, uh, and both of you have been on, and it was tremendous. If you want to hear Andrew and Genevieve's uh, episode, it's on SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. And their episode is called Honeymoon Express. Uh, if you're on SoundCloud, you can get it at soundcloud.com slash the-leap-home. And then grapesofrad.com will uh, we'll, we'll send you to everything. And you're on the tweeters. You're on the tweeters? Yeah, that's right. Uh, fake Aaron Mason on uh, Twitter or uh, Instagram. <laughs> and then uh, Grapes of Rad for, for that stuff, too. <laughs> I would like to thank you, actually, for bringing um, Quantum Leap back into our lives, like back into our uh-huh. house. Like, I loved that show growing up. Didn't watch it for decades, and now it's uh-huh. like now it's like a tradition, or not a tradition, but now it's a, it's a what, bi-weekly occurrence that we'll sit down and watch one of those. So thank you. Sweet. Sweet. That's great. Thanks, man. All right. Well, thank you a million times over, everybody. Once again, this show is called After These Messages. If you want to find us on Facebook, where we are going to post links to every single ad or video clip that we talked about today uh, at After These Messages Show on Facebook. We also accept emails at After These Messages Show at gmail.com. Genevieve, am I missing anything? Uh, my uh, ill used Twitter account is. Uh, at semicolon. <laughs> of course it is. God, how did you get that? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Andrew underscore Walsh. That was Aaron, the ace of Mace Mason. Thanks again, Aaron. Hello. Talk to the rest of you guys next week. You can sell anything. You can sell anything.